Good afternoon and welcome to CCK Live. My name is Jenna Zellmer. I'm an attorney here at Chisholm Chisholm and Kilpatrick Practicing Veterans Law. Joining me today are Kayla D'Onofrio and Rachel Foster, both of whom represent veterans before VA. And today we're going to be talking about the PTSD rating scale and try to, trying to explain it a little bit. Um, as always, please feel free to visit our website at cck-law.com. We have a lot of blog posts and other information on PTSD claims in general, and then the rating scale as well. So um, let's just give you a little bit of background before we get into how VA rates PTSD. So PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's one of the most common disabilities among veterans. Um, it's a mental health condition that can occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a distressing, shocking, or otherwise traumatic event. So that kind of explains why it's one of the more common disabilities. Many veterans have come back from service um, having experienced these traumatic events. But the symptoms and severity of PTSD can vary from person to person. Um, and so that is why VA has this rating scale that we're gonna talk about in a second. But before we get into rating, we have to establish that a veteran is service-connected veteran is service connected for PTSD. Um, so we have a lot of videos on um, how to establish service connection. So I'd encourage you to check those out on our website. But just as a brief refresher, you need a diagnosis of PTSD and that needs to be uh, given by a medical professional, either a therapist, a psychiatrist or a general practitioner. You need a verified stressor event. So like I said, PTSD is uh, occurs in people who have experienced a traumatic event. And so that uh, is often referred to in VA as a stressor. Um, we have a video all about stressors. I would encourage you to check it out. And then finally, you need a medical nexus um, that determines that your stressor is the cause of your PTSD um, and that that PTSD is related to service. So some common stressors would be combat exposure, fear of hostile military or terrorist activity, um, being a prisoner of war would count, experiencing a military sexual trauma or a car accident. I think those two are um, maybe the most surprising because it doesn't necessarily need to be something that you experience overseas or in a combat zone. It can be something that occurs to you while you're serving um, in, in the United States um, and even on base. So now that we've kind of given you a, a framework for service connection and common stressors, we're going to start talking a little bit about how VA rates PTSD once you determine or once you establish service connection. So Kayla, can you talk a little bit about VA's um, rating, rating criteria? Um, so VA rates uh, PTSD on what's called the general rating formula for mental disorders. Um, and what that basically means is that PTSD is rated on the same scale as they rate really any other mental disorder that a veteran can be service-connected for. So whether it's PTSD, major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, it's all going to be rated on the same scale. Um, generally speaking, the more severe the symptoms are, the higher the rating is going to be. And VA really uses this, um, this scale in, in looking at the social and the occupational impairment um, that the, the disability causes. Um, so how it affects the, the veteran's ability to function in both social and occupational settings. Um, the scale itself does go up incrementally. Again, the more severe the symptoms are, the higher the rating is going to be. Um, and that scale ranges from zero to 10 to 30 to 50 to 70, all the way up to 100%. Um, and as you kind of go up that scale, the, the monetary value associated with those numbers um, does sort of get higher. 
Um, so starting with the 0% rating, um, we're gonna break down each of those different ratings and what's really entailed to get any one of them. Um, so starting with the 0% rating, um, this basically means that VA has acknowledged that you have the diagnosis of PTSD um, and that the PTSD is related to your service, but the symptoms themselves aren't really severe enough to interfere with your ability to function in any social or occupational setting. Um, or it doesn't require any continuous medication to regulate those symptoms. Um, it's a 0% rating, which means that it's non-compensable, um, which means that you won't have any monetary value associated with it on a monthly basis. Um, having said that, getting a 0% rating can still be important. Um, it can still open the door to other sort of benefits through VA, um, things like healthcare or treatment. Um, and it can also make increasing your rating later down the line a little bit easier. You no longer have to worry about kind of meeting that threshold for service connection. You can really focus um, your evidence and your arguments um, and really everything geared towards VA to just getting that rating up on that scale. Um, and then we're going to move on to the 10% rating. Um, so at the 10%, those ratings do get a little bit more severe. Um, currently, the monthly compensation rate for the 10% rating is $144.14 per month. Um, so at 10%, this is the lowest compensable rating. So it's the lowest rating that you can get while still getting paid on a monthly basis. Um, and the symptoms for this really reflect that the, uh, the symptoms are really minimal and they're well controlled. Um, so specifically 10%, um, VA will define the symptomology as occupational and social impairment due to mild or transient symptoms, which decrease work efficiency and ability to perform occupational tasks only during periods of significant stress or symptoms controlled by continuous medication. So basically what that means is that the veteran is generally functioning pretty well, but their symptoms do have some impact on their ability to function um, socially and occupationally, especially when there is um, a more stressful event going on. Sure, so with the 30% criteria, we're still talking about an evaluation that's more on the mild side. Um, you are going to see an increase in your monthly compensation benefits. It will increase to $441.35 per month. Um, still, we're not seeing as much significant impairment in your day-to-day. -day. So what really defines the 30% criteria is if the level of occupational and social impairment um, results in an occasional decrease in work efficiency and intermittent periods of an inability to perform occupational tasks. So the idea is kind of building on that prior uh, evaluation. You have a diagnosed condition, um, you still continue to experience symptoms, but they wax and wane. They don't really persist long enough to really disrupt your day-to-day -day life. Um, so otherwise you're able to function in a satisfactory way. You're able to follow your routines, you can go about your day-to-day, um, you are able to engage in self-care and carry on conversations as normal. So um, that's kind of the next highest and the more moderate level of impairment. You can already kind of see how the difference between 30 and 10 is a little nebulous. So I think you're gonna you're gonna prove my point in a second when you talk about 50. Yeah, so with the 50% um, evaluation, we uh, see those symptoms, a lot of overlap between the 30% and the 10%, we really see them start to significantly increase um, and cause more disruption in the day-to-day. -day. So to reflect that level of impairment, um, we see the 
compensation on a monthly basis increases about $460 more. So if you're 50% rated for your PTSD, you're going to receive $905.04 per month. Um, and the 50% rating criteria is marked by really an escalation in the frequency, duration, and severity of your PTSD, PTSD symptoms um, that, as I mentioned, you see already from the lower um, evaluations. With this, you'll notice more cognitive deficits. Um, and the things that we were talking about, 30%, where before you were able to carry on a conversation, now you're not able to do that any longer. Um, it's marked by circumstantial or stereotype speech. There's general disruptions in how you're um, conversating with other people. You have more of a flattened affect. So essentially that means how you present yourself to other people. So um, you might be presenting more as blunted or not really expressive in general. You might be experiencing an increase in panic attacks, um, impaired memory, impaired ability to make uh, sound decisions and choices, um, and it's also more significantly affecting your ability to work, develop those relationships, stay on task, um, and in essence, 50% just reflects a reduced reliability um, and productivity with, with the occupational and social impairment. Great, thanks. And then after 50% is 70%. Um, building off of what, what both Kayla and Rachel said, it's just an, an increasing level of um, both social and occupational impairment um, to what VA would consider um, deficiencies in most areas. So if you're having deficiencies in work, school, family relationships, judgment, thinking, or mood, that's kind of what VA is looking for at the 70% rating. Um, it's really one step below completely, totally disabling. Um, so it's a significant level of impairment in both social and occupational functioning. Um, this might be marked by symptoms like suicidal ideation, obsessive rituals, you know, if you're checking your locks multiple times a day, if you're getting up in the middle of the night to check your locks, um, to the fact that those obsessional rituals are also interfering with your routine. Um, speech, again, building off of what Rachel had said, your speech is illogical, obscure, or irrelevant, um, and increasing panic attacks to the point where they're either near continuous or if they affect your ability to function independently. You also have even more impaired impulse control and judgment than the, the lower ratings um, and then difficulty adapting to stressful circumstances, especially in the work setting um, and inability to establish and maintain effective relationships. So that doesn't necessarily mean you don't have any relationships because that would be what we would consider totally socially uh, social impairment. But, you know, maybe the relationships you have are fraught. Um, maybe we wouldn't be able to characterize them as effective. You know, sometimes we have uh, veterans who are experiencing a 70% rating who their only relationships are real um, are really due to their family members or their friends trying to support them rather than them actually being engaged in the relationship. So this represents a wide range of symptoms. And again, it reflects the progression of the symptoms from the lower ratings. Um, you're essentially almost always in a state of panic or depression, and that affects your ability to interact both socially and occupationally. Um, they also might be a little bit more um, uh, unpredictable, these symptoms, than maybe if you get a 50% rating, which it, it, again would um, be a problem if you're trying to work with these symptoms and don't know when they're gonna come on. 
So that's a 70% rating and it would result in $1,444.71 per month. So you can see that the, the increase in severity is, is reflected in um, the amount of money that you get per month. And then finally, VA has the 100% rating, which is the highest possible rating you can get under PTSD. Um, I will, or really any, under any of the rating schedule, um, I will preface this by saying that a 100% rating for PTSD is extremely difficult to obtain. Um, it essentially requires, like we said, total impairment and an inability to function in your everyday life. Um, and something that's really interesting is that PTSD is, or psych in general, is one of the only rating schedules that contemplates social impairment. The whole purpose of the rating schedule generally is to um, compensate for occupational impairment and the, the amount that your service-handed disability, um, you know, prevents you from working. And so, you know, to require both total social and total occupational impairment is a little bit unique in this rating schedule. Um, but to compensate for total social and occupational impairment, VA pays veterans at $3,146.42. So that's a big jump, even from the 70%. And in order to get this rating, you're really looking for gross impairment in thought processes and communications, persistent delusions or hallucinations. So if you're seeing things, if you're hearing voices, um, if you have delusions that are not based in reality, um, grossly inappropriate behavior, a persistent danger of hurting yourself or hurting others. Um, so that takes it from suicidal ideation, which is in 70% rating, to an actual suicide attempt or self-harm. Um, so you can see that escalation there. And then an intermittent inability to perform the day activities of your daily living, maintaining normal hygiene, um, things like that. So like I said, 100% rating is extremely difficult to obtain, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, you can't get a, a total rating due to PTSD um, in other ways. And so Kayla, what if, maybe talk a little bit about what the alternative to getting a 100% scheduler rating would be. Sure, so um, if you can show that the PTSD is severe enough to prevent you from working, even if it's not rated at the 100% rate, um, you may still qualify for getting what's called TDIU or a total disability rating based on individual unemployability. And basically that benefit um, is to allow veterans to get that same rate as the 100% compensation per month, um, but they don't have to have that 100% rating on, the, on their combined disability rating or just for their PTSD alone. Um, but again, you do have to show that the condition, um, either PTSD or a combination of your service-connected conditions, um, is what prevents you from working. Um, now, to qualify for TDIU, VA does have some um, what they call scheduler requirements for that in terms of the, the level of ratings themselves. Um, so one way that you can get this scheduler requirement met is to have one service-connected disability that's rated at 60%. Um, so if you have PTSD rated at 70%, you would qualify for it. Um, alternatively, you can have one service-connected disability that's rated at 40% with a combined rating of 70%. So you have to have more than one thing service-connected to meet um, that threshold with the combined at 70 and one at, uh, one at 40. So um, again, if you have the PTSD rated at 70%, you would automatically qualify for that benefit. Um, but even if you don't meet these scheduler requirements, that doesn't mean that TDIU isn't available for you. Um, VA can still grant TDIU on what's called an extra scheduler basis. Um, 
it's a little bit more difficult to get it that way, but it's certainly not impossible. Um, so just because you don't meet these, this rating criteria doesn't mean that you're, you're not going to, you're not eligible for TDIU necessarily. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of videos and a lot of information on our website about TDIU. It's a really big um, topic of interest. And so um, hopefully that's not new to anybody, but it's just a reminder that even if you don't uh, qualify for a hundred percent scheduler, you can still get that 3000. I have to remember the exact amount, $3,146 and 42 cents. So it's, it's the same amount of money, whether or not you get a hundred percent scheduler rating or whether or not you get that TDIU rating. Um, so Kayla, moving on, you know, we, we just listed a lot of symptoms and a lot of, uh, like I said, nebulous kind of distinctions between the ratings. Um, does, does the veteran have to show every single one of these symptoms or kind of how does it work practically? No, they don't. Um, so basically the list of symptoms that are associated with each of those different ratings, um, basically those symptoms are really just there to serve as examples that talk about the frequency and the severity um, of those symptoms themselves. They're, it's really not meant to be an exhaustive list. You don't have to check off every single symptom that's listed under each one of those to get that particular rating. Um, having said that, VA does mess that up pretty frequently. They do often deny the benefit because a veteran doesn't meet every single one of those different criteria. Um, but you can still um, argue using um, some case law called Mauerhand v. Principi, um, which again just says that you don't have to have every single symptom that's listed there to get that rating. Um, it's not an exhaustive list. Great. And so, for example, Rachel, if a veteran had, you know, something in the 30% rating like depressed mood or anxiety and mild memory loss, and then they also had, you know, difficulty establishing and maintaining effective work relationships or, you know, suicidal ideation, which is in the 50% and the 70% rating, um, what, what does a veteran do in that situation? What should they ask for and how should VA be um, rating that disability? So, with VA, um, their standard of proof essentially is 50-50. So we see in service connection cases, if there's 50% of the evidence in favor of the claim, 50% against the claim, the benefit of the doubt is supposed to go to the veteran, um, and they should be successful at service connection. The same principle applies in increased rating evaluations. So in the scenario where you gave where they have um, symptoms in the 30% evaluation, and they have symptoms in the, the higher evaluation, and the evidence is relatively equal, VA should afford the veteran the benefit of the doubt and grant them that higher evaluation. Great. Thanks. And I think one other thing to point out is that there is, um, there's another case called Vasquez Claudio Vicenseki, and that kind of lays that out. Um, you know, it's not just about the symptoms of the veteran is experiencing, but really what it comes down to is what level of impairment they have, um, which, as we said, is really hard to, to judge whether or not somebody has, you know, reduce, reduced reliability or just occasional deficiencies. You know, what, what do those terms mean? And so it's really important for veterans to try to be as specific as possible about kind of how their symptoms affect their daily life, um, both socially and occupationally. So, like I said, more information can be found on our website and our blog. Um, Kayla or Rachel, do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off? Um, the only thing I was going to say goes back to um, TDIU as an alternative if you don't otherwise meet that 100% for your PTSD condition. Even if you don't meet the scheduler criteria um, with that 
single at least at 50%, and then the combined at 70%, as Kayla had explained. Uh, even if you're in, under that extra scheduler criteria, if you still feel that your PTSD warrants an increased evaluation, you can simultaneously ask for an increased evaluation for your PTSD as you're pursuing um, TDIU, because of course, there's a lot of overlap between the rating criteria and unemployability if we're talking about occupational social impairment and social impairment. So um, just wanted to throw that out there. You don't necessarily have to wait first for your rating to get up. You can work both simultaneously. Um, and I would just add, there's obviously a lot of small distinguishing factors between each of these different ratings, and they can be kind of hard um, to pull apart on your own if you're not sure whether you meet the next rating or what evidence you might want to submit to try to show that you do meet the next higher rating. Um, seeking help from an accredited representative can always be um, extremely helpful, um, whether it's a veteran service organization, an attorney's office, an accredited um, claims agent. Um, someone can help you kind of parse out the details of those different ratings and, um, you know, show you the way to kind of get the next higher rating from there. Great. I think that's a really good point too. Thank you guys. Um, thank you for joining us today. Please don't forget to follow us on social media for all of our latest updates and check out our video library on YouTube where you can find this video as well as lots of other helpful videos. Have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye.